You're listening to Yes, I'm Going to Make Us Talk About Money, a sermon by Reverend Amanda Poppy from March the 20th, 2021. You know, there are a few things that as a minister new to serving this congregation, I have some trepidation about. Oh, the first time I talk about white supremacy culture, maybe. How will people respond to that? Or, oh, well, the first child dedication. Would I be able to bring forth the spirit of child dedications in this congregation? And today, it's the first money sermon. The first sermon that starts us off on the annual campaign that talks about stewardship and giving and money. You know, Unitarian Universalist ministers talk about this particular sermon amongst ourselves. We like to call it the sermon on the amount because we think we're very clever. And we bemoan sometimes how our people don't like to talk about money, the people that we serve. Or sometimes we bemoan that we have to talk about money. I don't know exactly how all UUCA talks about money, although I'm beginning to learn, but I can imagine some of the challenges. Many Unitarian Universalist congregations don't particularly like to talk about money. In fact, they might rather talk about, oh, even politics or maybe possibly religion or, oh, you know, certainly sex would be better. Now, ironically, the only reason we're able to talk openly in a sex-positive way about sexuality as part of the human experience is that at one point we paid money to a director of religious education to provide OWL, our whole lives, sexuality education classes. So it all does come around to money after all. I will say that in this particular service, in which we are going to be talking about money. We also brought you so many other wonderful things. We got to hear from Steve and McGinnis and others talking about the beautiful and heartwarming theme of our annual campaign. We brought you a brand new worship associate, Allison Carty, who has joined the worship associates team. Three cheers for Allison and the beautiful job that she did. I mean, we've brought you a a youth playing cello, and it's not even the last youth that you're going to uh, see and gasp over their talent during this service. We really have done our part. And here you are, after all, listening to me talk about money, ideally not having put the mute on. It's interesting for me sometimes to talk with colleagues in other traditions about money, about how their congregations approach money. I remember once a Baptist colleague talking about the practice in his church of taking up a love offering. They were raising money for something in particular in the church, a needed, oh, I don't know, improvement to the building, let's say. And they knew how much it was going to cost. And so at a service, they said, well, here's how much it's going to cost. We're going to send the basket around and, uh, and we'll see how we do. And, and so they would send the basket around and then it came to the front and, you know, 
No, there's not enough in here. So we're gonna send the basket around again. In fact, he even told me, though I wonder if he was pulling my leg, that they would lock the doors at the back of the church while that love offering went around and around until there was enough love and enough money in the basket for what the church needed. We could perhaps do the reverse. The number of pledges in before Stewardship Sunday would reduce the length of time you have to listen to your minister talk about money by, mm, what, let's see, one minute each. Why, I wonder, is it so hard for us to talk about money, or at least do we think it is? Why is it that we imagine Unitarian Universalists might be able to talk about giving or generosity, but not about cold, hard cash. I wonder if part of it is because our cultural ethos in Unitarian Universalism, not the identity of every Unitarian Universalist by any means, and not even the identity of all of our congregations, but overall, and perhaps at UUCA, our cultural ethos is one of a upper middle class kind of way of being. And in many of those white upper middle class ways of being in particular, it's not polite to talk about money. The thing is, it's easy to say it's not polite to talk about money if you have plenty of it. But I will tell you, it is true that if you don't have plenty of money, you often have to talk about it, or at least think about it, rather a lot. To me, our reticence to talk about money is actually one of the ways that Unitarian Universalists as a whole, and particularly those of us with relative economic privilege, reinforce that privilege in our congregations. By avoiding the impolite topics of money, we reinforce that all of us are in that space of not really having to talk about money, just moving forward as though there is enough of it. I wonder what would happen if instead we cracked open that conversation a little bit more, not just at pledge season, not just during the annual campaign, but in general. What would it mean to be open about our own class assumptions, and backgrounds or current lived experiences, about what money meant in our own lives, the choices we were able to make with our money, the choices that weren't ours to make because they were about rent and food and taking care of our kids, how money plays a, a role in our lives. What would it mean to have honest conversations about that with each other, I wonder? And what would it mean for how we're able to talk about giving and generosity and stewardship in the congregation at large? UUCA has a really broad range of pledges. And I feel proud of that because to me, it's indicative in part of the fact that we have a broad range of incomes and capacities among our members. Some of us can give small amounts of money, and that is a deeply generous pledge. Some of us can give large amounts of money, and that is a deeply generous pledge. 
Money is ultimately one of the core tools that we have as we make choices and navigate our way in the world. Some of us have a larger amount of money that we really get to make choices with. Others of us have less, that's choice money, because more of it has to be promised to various aspects of survival or student loan debt, any of the kinds of things that take up big chunks of our money. Sometimes I think when we think about the choices we make with money, we might imagine giving to a congregation to be sort of like giving, um, sort of like a gym membership, right? We might choose to spend some of our money on food and some of our money on really delicious food that brings us joy. And maybe we're able to choose to use some of our money on a gym membership. And if we want the pool, we'd buy the you know, extra special gym membership. And if we didn't want the pool, we would just go with the basic model. The thing is though, that congregations, I think, are much less like a gym membership and much more like mm, maybe a socialist communitarian endeavor. Maybe one of the successful socialist communitarian endeavors, possibly the most successful I've seen, if we're able to do it right. The thing is that in a congregation, none of us, you know, take part in every aspect of the congregation's life. But because we're a member of this larger whole, it's the larger whole, the vision and mission of the congregation and the world that we're giving to. So even though we might not swim in the pool, we want the pool to be there. We want the soccer field to be there, just like in Allison's story and for there to be jerseys for everyone. In a congregation, we want our children to be educated so that they can be just creators of beauty in the world. We want them to know that they are loved and whole just as they are. And we want that whether or not we have a child in the program right now. We want our music to be beautiful and amazing, whether or not we sing in the choir. We want the mission to succeed. And we know that because of all that broad range of capacities in our congregation, we'll each be able to give a different amount, maybe even a different amount at different times in our lives in hopes that the congregation succeeds in its mission. Sometimes I think about my own history of giving. I was a, a you know, dues-paying member, right, of a Unitarian Universalist congregation in young adulthood. I was just out of college. I didn't have a lot of disposable income, though I did come from multi-generational economic privilege. So I was doing okay. But the choice money I had was a lot smaller than the choice money I have now in my life. I made a much smaller pledge at that time in my life than the pledge I'm able to give now. And I will tell you that the feeling of generosity then and now is just the same. I felt proud of the amount that I was able to give then because it was a generous amount. I feel proud of the amount I'm able to give now because it's a generous amount. To me, that generosity 
is what equalizes us in a congregation like this. Each one of us, according to our means, has the capacity to be generous, to make a choice as we're able to support the larger mission of the congregation that we love. The congregation, when I was a young adult, needed not just the amount I gave, but the commitment it represented, the meanness behind it, just as the congregation needs that from me now and from each of you. Money is a tool, one we use to make choices as we are able in the world. What would it look like if we were able to talk about that tool, to talk about our choices, to understand that each of us has different choices available to us, and that the generosity comes in the feeling of giving, in the commitment we are making toward the larger mission in the world. I think you may get some kind of feeling as you watch a video I'm delighted to share with you, created by one of our newer members, Nora Kubak. I hope you'll enjoy watching it as much as I enjoyed helping to support Nora's vision for telling our story this past year. I'm the Reverend Amanda Poppy. I have served here since August 2020, and already this congregation does feel as though it is a home for me and for my family. I think even people who are getting to know us virtually can get the sense of what a warm and welcoming community UUCA is. There's a particular heart for being with each other and for connecting with each other. We have found a way as a congregation and every person who's been involved, every member who's shown up for a Zoom call or who's watched worship on Facebook have found ways to continue to be the church together, to be a community with each other. I haven't been able to be in person with the majority of the folks that I serve. It feels like missing something I haven't even had yet. I think a lot of folks are feeling that sense of missing the way we are able to be together usually, and beginning to imagine as the vaccines roll out, as the rates go down, as we look forward, that we will be able to come home. I love the theme of coming home for our annual campaign. When I think about how much more beautiful it will be when we're able to be in person together again, that fills me with joy and a lot of hope for what it is that we're gonna be building together in the future. When I think about the pandemic, I think a lot about how we're going through it all together. And at the same time, we are experiencing it in really different ways. Maybe 
we are financially strapped this year. Maybe we are lonely this year. We want to make sure we build a congregation that's strong enough to be able to support us no matter what we've been through this past year, no matter what we go through in the years to come, that the congregation can support all of us. That means that some of us who are able to give more, give more so that those of us who aren't able to give more can be part of that really vibrant community so that we create a congregation strong enough for all of us to be there and to be able to fulfill our mission in the world. Nora, thank you so much for that video and for capturing a little of what this congregation looks like and feels like and sounds like both in the before times and during this challenging, remarkable, unusual, and shifting year. I love the way that Nora finished by pointing us toward our visions and dreams. I have been listening to all of you over the last seven months now, listening for what your visions and dreams are for the congregation, where you hope that we might go together. And you have painted some beautiful ones. In the conversations that Sophia and a great task force of members and I have led around music at UUCA, you've talked about hoping we can return to a children's choir, to music in our RE classrooms, to a house band, to space for everything from gospel to classical to rock, with more UUCAers engaged in creating music than ever before. Those of you involved in social justice have shared with me your passions, the dedication that you have to the work that you do and to the communities that you've partnered with. And those have been incredibly helpful as the hiring team and I have been looking for the right next assistant minister to join someone who will build on the work that Reverend Walter has done with the social justice ministries team working on creating a vision, bringing the eighth principle and anti-oppression work into our justice work, living into our historic legacy as a congregation that is about justice in the world and within our own community. I have heard your dreams about RE as well. Partly I've heard those dreams in the longings we've held, how much we miss being together, our teachers, our children, our youth. We know that in the year to come, we're gonna need to be able to serve children in multiple ways, that we're gonna need to be able to rebuild community for youth, make sure that our RE program is fully staffed for that work and that eventuality, and that we may need to figure out how to support kids that are still staying at home and kids that are ready to be together. Oh, speaking of multi-platform planning, 
the staff and I gathered to begin to think about what we would need in the weeks and months ahead. I said it felt like we were entering the phase of speculative fiction, imagining a future none of us have experienced before. And yet I know that this is the team to imagine it together, this staff team and this congregation team. We know that we are going to want to be together in different ways and that we'll need not only tech, but also adequate staffing to make that happen. It's been truly remarkable to me to see how the staff have adapted from physical presence to virtual presence. And I know that when we are physical with each other again in physical proximity, and we are so ready and hoping, we are also going to need to remember that there will be folks who will remain virtual. And that A plus B, both of which required the entirety of our staff's attention, won't be able to somehow magically combine to make A plus B. Instead, that we're going to be inventing and creating together. So all of these things, all these visions and hopes for who our congregation will be, who our congregation will serve, all of that takes money, right? Really, what it takes is people. And I'm just going to be real with you. The majority of our expenses, like most congregations, go toward our people. When I think about those people, about those on our staff now and those who will join our staff in the future, I don't want to just have enough people to help UUCA live out its mission, although I do want enough people on staff for that. I also want us to be a congregation that treats our people fairly, that pays them well according to the UUA's guidelines, that takes seriously the congregation's role as employer. I want our vision of a just and equitable world to start here in our own community at home. So yes, our mission takes money because the people of UUCA help us to live our vision. And I don't know about the rest of the staff, but I find that my mortgage check re requires payment with actual money, which means I do appreciate receiving that in my paycheck. So yes, our mission, our vision, our dreams, they are beautiful and amazing. It's incredible to imagine with you what we could become. And it takes cold, hard cash to make it possible. Ah, oh, you did such a good job. So much talking about cash and money, about generosity and giving at many different amounts and the way they are the same impulse towards stewardship in our hearts about the idea of a congregation as a socialist endeavor, each giving what they are able so that all can receive what they need. And we didn't even pass a basket. Well, then again, we weren't together in real life. But the basket is coming, friends. Maybe not the way my colleague described around again and again and again. But it is coming, and our invitation to you is to think deeply 
about how money makes our mission possible and about what kind of gift you are able to give this year. I am so grateful for the generosity of UUCA in bringing us this far. You have a long history of building amazing things in this community and in the world. And I believe in our possibility to bring it even further. <laughs>